Amen. Thank you very much. Let's take our Bibles this morning. Please turn to Isaiah chapter 9. We'll finish up our series this morning. His name shall be, and this morning, the Prince of Peace. Well, I think Rachel should sing with every group up here because we could use some dancers. And I thought she was going to come right off the stage. She gets that from Grandpa Rob. Isaiah chapter 9. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 9 this morning. Man, it's good to be saved, isn't it? Amen. Isaiah chapter 9. Who's cooking? Who has a turkey in the oven right now? All right. I just want to know where to go after this. Amen. So Isaiah chapter 9. Let's look there this morning. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit more than, I, than I, I have been reading. I've only been reading verses 6 and 7. But I want you to see especially verse 2. The Bible says, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her, um, in her vexation when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The prophet Isaiah is speaking about the affliction of Israel. I think that's obvious and sometimes the language there of a prophet can get a little bit confusing. But he's talking about the state that Israel's in. And he's telling them not to look to an earthly kingdom, but to look to a heavenly kingdom. And he begins to prophesy the Messiah. But look what it says in verse 2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Boy, that would make a great message right there, wouldn't it? We were all children of darkness, but we have seen a great light. If you know Jesus as your Savior, he is the light of the world. The light shined in the darkness. And the Bible says, though the world comprehended it not... Men would love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. But I'm so thankful that as a child of God, I have seen the light, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 3, the Bible says this, that thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased thy joy. They, they joy before thee according to the joy in harvest. And as men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and his government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The prophet Isaiah is reminding Israel that in the midst of turmoil and bondage, they are to look down the road to a heavenly kingdom where the Prince of Peace will come. And we could be reminded of that today. We live in a world of turmoil and upheaval, and we shared even some prayer requests this morning of people in grief and sorrow. But I want you to know the Prince of Peace is coming, and he will bring peace to this earth if we will only trust in him. Let's have a word of prayer this morning and we'll get right into the word of God. Father, we love you and we thank you and praise you for all that you've done for us. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, and we celebrate his birth today. Lord, we're not naive and we understand that Jesus likely wasn't born on the date of December 25th, but it's a day that we've set aside in our hearts to honor and worship the birth of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Help us to honor you today. I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God may speak to us. I surrender to you and ask you to fill me. 
And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I studied out this idea of peace on earth, that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace, I came across a couple of scriptures I found that might be a bit conflicting. In Matthew chapter 10, we read that the Lord Jesus Christ himself said this, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. But isn't that what the angel said? Peace on earth and good tidings to men. That was what was pronounced at the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the very title of Jesus would be the Prince of Peace. And yet Jesus said himself in Matthew chapter 10, Think not that I've come to bring peace on earth. I come not to send peace, but a sword. In Luke, we read that the Lord Jesus Christ says, I've not come to bring peace, but division. The Lord Jesus Christ understood something. That in order to have peace, we often first have upheaval. We understand that peace comes through a process. It seems odd to me that someone called the Prince of Peace would say such a thing. But he knew that it would take time. He knew that just the very mention of his name would cause unrest. He knew that even saying Merry Christmas is sometimes met with a, a snide attitude and rebuke. He knew that his name would be shamed across the earth. But the promise remains, Jesus came to bring peace. In Luke chapter 2, the angel said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. In John chapter 14, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So if the Prince of Peace promises peace, how do we receive it? In this world of darkness and chaos and troubled times, how can we know peace? We can only know peace by knowing him. It comes through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And certainly one day we look forward to saying, I will forever be with the Lord and I'll be in a place of constant peace and rest. But I want to tell you this morning that if you know the Prince of Peace, you can have peace in the midst of tribulation today. This world will not offer you any peace. That's why Jesus said, not as the world giveth. But he gives us a peace that passes understanding. To know the Prince of Peace, and I'm going to be very brief this morning, number one is to have a reconciled life. To know the Prince of Peace is to have a reconciled life. Think about this. The very title prince implies there's a king. To have a personal relationship with the prince is to know the king. To know the father. To have a relationship of God, with God through the son. The apostle Peter said this in Acts chapter 10. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. The only way to have peace in this life is to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And he adds this little addendum on the end of, end of that verse. He is Lord of all. We have peace through Jesus Christ. And so I want to say, first of all, about a reconciled life is that we have reconciliation through the Son. Turn, if you will, to Romans chapter 5 this morning. Romans chapter 5. I want you to notice some great verses of Scripture and something the Lord showed me that I never noticed before. Romans chapter 5, the Bible says in verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Listen, there's, there's those clever signs that we see at Christmas time, and some churches will put them out like on our side on the road, and they'll say, no peace, N-O, or no God, N-O, no peace, N-O. But if we know God, K-N-O-W, then we know peace, K-N-O-W. We can have peace through God. And that comes right from Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Notice again what he says. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. But here's the important thing. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. He, he was made sin for us that we might have peace with God. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. You say, what is he saying? It sounds like Paul has a lot of peace. That in tribulation and in all the trials of life and, and Paul was shipwrecked and stoned and beaten and left for dead and yet he had the peace of God in his life because he knew Jesus Christ. Look at verse six. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man would some even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Notice our connection to God is only through Jesus Christ. He brings joy, he brings peace, because he has reconciled us to God. The word reconciliation means to make peace. To bring us back into a right relationship with God. All because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Here's the interesting thing the Lord showed me I've never seen before. The Bible never speaks of peace with God or the peace of God until we get to the very first epistle of the church after Jesus Christ was resurrected. But from Romans, through all the epistles, we read of the peace of God or the peace with God in every single epistle. Think about that. Before Jesus Christ came, there was no peace on earth. The angel proclaimed that at the birth of Christ, there would be peace on earth. And it was only through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, the blood that was shed... That Paul the Apostle could say to the churches, now we have peace with God. But only because of what Jesus has done to reconcile us through the Son. But I want you to notice not only are we reconciled through the Son, we are reconciled from sin. Something to make us right with God had to be removed from our lives and that was sin. Notice what the Bible says in Hebrews 2.17. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. We stood before God filled with sin, and God could not look upon us in our sin. But yet he showed mercy and sent his son Jesus Christ. And by grace we are saved through faith. And our sins are now reconciled. We are made right with God 
because of what Jesus Christ has did. Sin has separated us from God. But listen to what Paul said in Colossians, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, talking about Jesus, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him. I said, whether there be things in earth or things in heaven, we can find peace in God today through reconciliation. But that only comes through the saving work of Jesus Christ when he shed his blood to pay the price for our sins and make us right before God. Have you trusted him today? It has to be personal. We hear so many today say, well, because Jesus died, everybody's going to heaven. Or Jesus died for the church. No, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, each and every person, and whosoever will may come. It's an individual choice to put your faith and trust in Jesus. But not only to know the Prince of Peace doesn't mean a reconciled life, it means a renewed life. Let me say this, we have peace with God through reconciliation, but we can have peace today through renewal. God wants us to have a renewed life Not only does the Prince of Peace make peace with God, but he makes peace on this life as well. Listen to what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Just in his greeting alone, we see that we can have peace through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. According as his divine power, listen, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, but by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I think we're starting to see a pattern emerge in Scripture. To have the knowledge of Jesus Christ is to have peace. We heard that song last week that was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I listened to a choir sing it again this morning, and the conductor told the story of how Henry uh, Wadsworth Longfellow, his first wife died while having a miscarriage. His second wife was writing some letters, and she was sealing them with wax. This is back in the 1850s or 60s. And she was sealing it with wax, and her dress caught fire. And she lived through the night, but died the next morning. His son was badly wounded in the Civil War. And he lost all hope and went to a place of great despair. And as we sing that hymn last Sunday, the words meant something so much different to me. And he said, in this song, he says, there is no peace on earth, I said. But when he heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, he was reminded that there's grace and peace with Jesus Christ. And we must be reminded again and again that not only uh, in heaven and not only through salvation and not only with God, but we can have peace in this life amidst all the chaos and turmoil. John 16, says this, the Lord Jesus Christ said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me, underline those words, in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. I like this. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We can have peace because we are attached to the Lord Jesus Christ who has overcome the world. I'm reminded what the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can have peace today because of Jesus Christ. But how? Number one, he must possess your heart. 
He must possess your heart. Listen to this simple verse, Colossians 3. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. I thought about that word rule, and what does it mean? It means to be possessed by Christ. To have the very spirit of Christ dwelling within you. To surrendering full control to him and allowing his peace to take over. Here's the problem. A lot of our issues are issues of focus. Isn't that right? We focus on tribulation. We focus on the stresses of this world, the problems that are going on. We focus on our, our brokenness and we focus on our anguish and we focus on our sorrow and our grief and we focus on our bank account, how low it is, and we focus on so many things. But when we learn to focus on Christ and surrender to him and allow him to possess our heart, then the peace of God can rule. But we must trust him. He must possess your heart. And then he promises this, he will preserve your heart. Philippians 4 verse 7 says, But the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts. Keep means to preserve or to hold on to. You see, when you're fully belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and you have fully surrendered to him, you can have that peace that passes understanding. You know, I, I remember two years ago, just last November, two years ago November, we got a call that my mother-in-law wasn't very well and likely not to survive. She had, had been suffering from liver disease for a lot of years and she came down with COVID and it was causing oxygen problems and organs were shutting down. So my wife jumped on a plane and, and while she was in Chicago uh, at a layover, I got on FaceTime with her and told her her mom went to heaven and she didn't get there in time. But I was thankful to see an overwhelming peace on my wife. She just knew where her mom was. She was in the presence of the Lord. I have been to funerals where people absolutely lose their minds. I have stood in a funeral home where we, I preached a message one time called the funeral home hallway. That's a strange title, isn't it? The funeral home hallway. And what it was is we were burying Madeline Patterson, dear saint of God, it had, she found out she had cancer and she didn't want any treatment. She was in her 80s and she said, she says, I've, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to see my husband. And, and so when we, we had her funeral, there was so much peace in that room. People would come and visit and share good memories of this godly, sainted woman and, and, and just love her family. And just, we just, we would, we, people could be heard laughing and sharing stories. We tell stories like she, she would make centerpieces for an a, 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 a anniversary dinner. She put centerpieces on the table. She loved doing that kind of thing. And I mean literally out of cat food cans. She'd decorate those things and put flowers. And, do all, and you'd never know it was a cat food can, but we thought this woman would, would save. She, you know, she grew up during the Depression, and she knew what it was like to, to save money, and she'd keep those things. I can make something out of that to bring glory to God. And we, we tell stories like that, and we'd laugh and enjoy that time. But right across the hall was a 17-year-old teenage girl who committed suicide. And hundreds of school friends would come in during the day. And some stood at the casket and screamed at her. How dare you? And angry, not understanding how to process their emotions. Why? Because they had no peace. They didn't have the Lord. And there was no hope in that room just across the hallway. But where Christ is, there's peace. Amen. 
You can have peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he promises it, not just in heaven and not just in, in the presence of God, but on this life or in this life as well. So to know the Prince of Peace is to know a reconciled life, to know a renewed life. But I want to say thirdly, it's to know a redeemed life. Redeemed life. If we had hope in this life only, we'd be of all men most miserable. Not only can we be reconciled to God, not only can we have peace in this life, but the greatest peace I have is knowing I have everlasting life. That I will spend eternity with Christ in heaven. And that's called redemption. There's no greater peace than to know and to be assured of eternal life, which only comes through Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Let me give you a couple things. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and we'll be done. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. How many of you remember when your life was like that? But now, oh, isn't that good? That just tells me something good is coming. But now in Christ Jesus... Ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Listen to this. For he is our peace. Who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. That means we can go boldly into God's presence. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make in himself of twain one new man, so maketh peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. And of the he's prepared a place for you in heaven. You are part of the family of God. You are fellow citizens. You're no longer strangers, but you're part of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I'm reminded of what the Lord Jesus Christ said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Peace, listen to this, comes through him. You want peace today? You want peace for the future? You want peace with God? You want the peace of eternal life? It all comes from one person, the Prince of Peace. Notice what it says as I recap in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, we who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. Look at verse 17. And came and preached peace to you, which were far off, and to them were nigh, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We have peace through him. Do you know him today? You know, maybe you're like the songwriter, there is no peace on earth, I said. But you can have peace if you know Jesus Christ. There's peace through him, and peace comes through hope. 
Titus 1 verse 2 says, In hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And again in verse th- chapter 3 and verse 7, he says that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Do you have that hope today? Do you have that peace today? It only comes through knowing Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. You'll never know peace unless you know the Prince of Peace and have a personal relationship with him. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. We won't keep you long. It is likely that many here today know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They would say, I have the peace of God which passes all understanding. I have reconciliation. Because of what Jesus Christ did, I've been reconciled to the Father. Reconciled through the Son and reconciled from my sin. It's been washed in the blood of Christ and I can stand before God forgiven. You might say, well, I have peace in this life as well. That's renewal. When I got saved, I became a new creature in Christ. And I have the peace of God in my soul. And I can face life circumstances. I know we're not perfect. And there's days that come that are harder than others. And sometimes we get frustrated and we lose sight of that. But overall, we know that there's the Prince of Peace dwelling within our hearts. And we can have the peace of God. And we can turn to him in our hour of need. And maybe you're like, The other is, I have the peace of eternal. I don't fear death. I know where I'm headed. I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and God because of what he did at Calvary. And I'm assured of a heavenly home. And I'm not fearing the future because I have peace through Christ. But maybe there's somebody who says, I don't have any of that because I don't know him. I don't know him personally. Let me tell you today, it's no accident that the Lord has brought you to this church today. He's brought you here by his Holy Spirit that you might hear about Jesus and how he can be your Prince of Peace. Here's the thing. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3, 23. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. You see, it keeps coming back to Jesus. You want eternal life? You must come through Jesus. You want hope? You must come through Jesus. You want peace? You must come through Jesus. There's a penalty for our sin, because we were separated from God. But through Jesus Christ, we have the gift of God, which is eternal life. All you must do is call on him in faith today, and he will save you if you believe. It's not just a mental assent. It's not just saying, yeah, I can agree with that in my mind. It's a life-transforming faith where you give your heart and soul to Jesus Christ and let him change your life. For by grace are you saved through faith. He will save you by his grace, which is a gift, if you truly put your faith in him today. Why don't we stand as the piano begins to play, and if God has spoke to your heart, you say, I need this Prince of Peace. Let us help you today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out in any way. Heads are bowed and eyes are still closed. But if you were to say, Pastor, I need to be saved. I need to know him who can bring peace to my life, not just today, but that I might have peace with God and peace of the future. Peace regarding everlasting life. Would you pray for me? Would you slip up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you. I'm not going to call you out. Nobody will see. Just you, me, and the Lord. Could I pray for you today?